launches are all of the superlatives. They are amazing and exhausting. They are exhilarating and defeating. They are chaotic. And yet somehow at the same time, they are laser focused. Now, if you're the founder behind a launch, it's your vision, your money, your energy, and yeah, your reputation that's at stake. Nobody knows me. I'm not the face of the launch, but I am a service provider. And I have to tell you, the journey is no less of an emotional roller coaster for me than it is for a founder. And the more that I've been talking about this with other service providers, the more that I find this is something we need to dive deep into. So let's talk about it today on the Rising Tide Talent Show. Rising Tide lifts all ships, it lifts all ships, it lifts all ships. Okay, so we are talking about the roller coaster that comes with launching a product, a service, a new program. And for the purposes of today's conversation, I'm going to say that this applies no matter what type of business you are in, or if you're a service provider like me, I'm a fractional CMO, it really doesn't matter what type of offer your client is making. Launches are an emotional roller coaster really for everyone involved. This does not matter if you are launching a group coaching program, if you are launching a membership program, if you have a D2C product that you're taking to market, if you work in a SaaS company and you are marketing software as a service or a community, the launch process, if you are going big, and if you're listening to this, I know that you are, if you are a visionary or if you are working with a visionary, let's just be honest. On the best days of a launch, it's exhausting. On the worst days of a launch, it's exhausting. And if you can get through a launch not feeling at least a little bit tired, a little bit stressed, a little bit defeated, then the chances are you are either much more balanced than I am, which is very possible, or you aren't actually going as big or as hard as you could. And here is the absolute truth. This is something I have learned from my integrator work, really understanding that my place in the marketplace, and this has been, I will be totally transparent, this has been a little bit difficult to admit to myself and to acknowledge because the sexiest thing in business is being the founder, being the face of a launch, being the program or the product creator. There is a lot less fame. There's a lot less attention. There's a lot less, I don't know, marketplace respect if you are the person supporting the founder or so I thought. That limiting belief, I've blown that out of the water in my career over really the last five to six years as I have seen my opportunities become bigger and better. And I've seen my status become more elevated as I have gained incredible respect and made friends and become colleagues with some of the most incredible people. So my limiting belief up until fairly recently was that you could not be a successful integrator and generate the type of revenue, brand awareness, opportunities that you wanted. That's not true. I'm here to tell you as a service provider who does most of her work 
behind the scenes. If a launch goes well, if a launch goes poorly, you only know about that because I tell you. The team certainly knows, right? The inner working, the people who are in the nuts and bolts and really doing the day-to-day, we all know. We know who's responsible for the good and the bad. We know who should take credit. We know who should own the negative pieces of it. That's a small circle. In any given launch, maybe I'm working with 10 to 20 people, right? And so if something goes well or it goes poorly, it's very unlikely that you'll even know that I was a part of it. That's by design, right? And again, my limiting belief used to be that in order to be a successful business owner, you had to be the face of the company. Well, that's not true. I'm the face of my own company. I certainly have to market my own service Uh, providing business. I have to market my own offers. But again, I'm not marketing a program or a product in that kind of offer. So when there is a launch, any of that emotional roller coaster that I experience is really intrinsic. It's internal. I want to be extremely clear because I work with so many amazing, inspirational, visionary founders. It is a very tough job to be both the face and the founder and responsible for backend. And again, for better or for worse, whether you are working for somebody or you are somebody who is in the multiple seven or eight figures a year in revenue, or you are somebody who's really just scaling up the business, again, for better or for worse, the founder is the one that is the face of a launch. But when I tell you I go through all of the emotions, I am not exaggerating, and I'm recording this During a week that is thankfully, thankfully for my emotional health and my bandwidth and my family and all of that, this is a week that's more of the exception than the norm. But here is what my last week has been. One client closed her 10-day launch cycle on Wednesday. So we opened up the cart 10 days ago. We've been marketing, 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 selling, touching base with our prospects, people in our funnel, doing all of the things, top of funnel, front end awareness, middle of the funnel conversions, bottom of the funnel conversions and selling. Like That entire launch in 10 days has been intense. Another client just opened his brand new 10-day launch cycle on Thursday. So one client closed a launch on Wednesday, another client opened a launch cycle on Thursday. That is pretty unique to a service provider, especially if you have multiple clients. This type of overlap can happen where it's generally not the case if you're working for one company or you're in-house with a company or you're the founder. Like you're usually pretty focused on that one thing. So this overlap is is a bit unique to a service provider. And then I have yet another client who is launching a new offer three weeks from now, but that is a very complex, very high ticket offer. So we're in the very thick of it now. Like a lot of my time and energy right now is being spent on everything from generating new leads to nurturing the leads, to putting together all of the sales assets, to making sure that we're in a good place to actually open up the cart in three weeks. And then we'll go into a 10 day cycle for that, where for 10 days, we'll really be marketing and selling this brand new, very complex course suite community offer uh, to our prospects. So I am feeling both exhausted and energized at the same time, because that's what launches do to me. And I find in talking with just about every founder and every service provider, it's that same kind of, wow, oh my gosh, I am feeling so excited. This is so great. Look at the sales coming in to exhausted. And the thing is, and I want to acknowledge this too, 
Because I said earlier, if it doesn't scare you, you might not be going hard enough. If you're a founder, that's somewhat on you. If you're a service provider who is looking to really elevate and become upper level, like if you want to be in the C-suite as I am, then part of your job is to say, hey, founder, I think that we can actually set a different goal. I think that we can achieve a different outcome. I think that we can do more. Your job is to push back and to drive strategy and to drive the implementation, right? I think that is one of the biggest differences between being a fractional service provider like I am and being a more junior service provider like a VA or an OBM. I loved my days as an OBM. I truly value the virtual assistants that I work with. So again, this is not this is not a judgment on particular roles. It is a different beast being in the C-suite uh, because it is usually leadership strategy, sometimes implementation. A lot of the work I do is actually on the implementation side. And then there's all sorts of other things, right? Again, a lot of times at that level, your job is actually to be the devil's advocate and to speak truth to power. And it's a very different approach than if you are just the world's best OBM or VA who executes and implements with excellence, but maybe isn't expected to be a part of a strategy, isn't necessarily thinking about business development. Again, I think there is absolutely a spot for all of these roles and I have enjoyed serving in all of these roles. But that is part of this launch process that I just want to say is that if you are feeling like you aren't scared, then again, your goal might not be big enough. But here's the flip side. Every visionary, and I'm really saying every, like this is not a most visionaries or in my experience, I'm going to go ahead and just say every visionary who truly is a big, bold dreamer thinks about a launch in the terms of like, how big could this be? How significant could my impact be? And so let's say, for example, the founder and the team, right? In my case, I'm usually part of that discussion because it's also my job to say, that's too big. That's too bold. We don't have enough leads. We don't have the team. We don't have the bandwidth or, you know, we don't want to feel at the end of the launch, like we completely tapped out and now we have nothing left to actually support our customers. There are lots of discussions like that that happen in a successful launch kind of pre-launch discussion. But again, so let's just use some numbers uh, that are totally agnostic. Like you could use any numbers you want, but let's say that as a team, you decide that your goal is to sell 300 spots in your program. Well, if you hit 300, that's great. But most visionaries will then say, oh, I'm glad we hit that. But I now realize, I think we actually could have gotten 315. Or if I had just done this one more thing, or if the team had done this one more thing, or if we hadn't failed to do X, Y, and Z, that 300 really could have been 350. That's not to say visionaries or founders or CEOs or really anyone on the team isn't capable of acknowledging and celebrating success. I am really privileged to work with founders who do both of those things. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? We hit our goal. Yay for us. But oh man, can you imagine if? There's usually one of those. Oh, can you imagine if we had just done this? Oh, how great would it have been if we smashed our goal? Now, if you make your goal 300 and it turns out you sell 500, that's a whole different story. Usually as a team, we're like, hey, was there some anomaly? And I'll be honest, like most good teams will then kind of be like, well, where did we go wrong on our estimates? Like, where did we go wrong on our projections? Why why didn't we set the goal high enough? So in any team like this, there's usually a postmortem where you're like, no matter what, it was great, it met expectations, or it failed to meet expectations. There's a lot of the what if, you know, happening in the in the back room. Now, those are the good times, right? You hit your goal, you exceed your goal. 
the challenging times are when you fall short of the goal. And I have yet to meet a founder or talk with a service provider that has not had at least one launch miss expectations. Sometimes there are some very good reasons for that. There was an issue on the tech side. Somebody got sick and couldn't do their job. Uh, something happened in the marketplace, like something literally happened in the news or the community where it just turned out to be a bad time to market and sell. There are so many reasons. There are also things that you really think about more in the postmortem if a launch has failed. And that is, okay, did we not do enough to get enough leads into our pipeline or into our systems to even have the opportunity to market and to sell to them? Okay, if we had the leads, did we send the messages frequently enough? Were they the right messaging? Were we, you know, were all of the automation set up correctly? Like postmortems for a launch that goes well are still hard. Postmortems for launches that don't go well are really, really difficult. They're critically important. They are really important, but it is, as you can imagine, a lot harder to sit in a postmortem where you're thinking about all of the things that maybe went wrong. And really, if you are an empathetic person or if you are an ambitious person, or again, if you are the founder, there's no way to not take that personally. And I think because I am, as I mentioned, kind of at the end of one client's launch. By the way, that was her second launch this year. I'm recording this in March of 2023. So that's her second launch of the year. Then I've got this client doing a new launch. And then my other client is launching in uh, this month, March, in three weeks from this recording. But the last six months have really been a lot of back-end work, really shifting the business model, looking at marketplace opportunities. Like It's been a lot. And so... I am feeling all the things. And I was telling a founder recently, uh, somebody that I worked with in the past that I'm not currently working with, just how I'm doing. And she kind of caught me in a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I just feel like by nature, my business you know, requires me to be a bit of an air traffic controller, not only for each individual client, although that certainly is a lot of the work I do as a fractional CMO, but even air controlling my clients, plural. And so there's just, there's always a lot and there are a lot of moving parts in. And I really struggle as an Enneagram one and as a generator and as a type A and as a person who has experienced burnout, I really struggle with not getting everything right, not doing everything perfectly. A big challenge for me, if I'm being totally vulnerable, is knowing that delegation is required if I'm going to continue to grow and serve my clients well, but it is the hardest thing for me to do because when I delegate and something doesn't go right, whether it's user error or someone was careless or it was just a truly human mistake, like one that I could have made, but if I'm not the one that made it, it's harder on me than if I made it. I'm, it's all horrible. Like I always sit with every mistake whether it's, you know, an issue with an email or messaging, like whatever it is, uh, I can probably sit with you over a glass of wine and tell you every mistake that I've made or that I've been witness to or that I've been involved with, even if it wasn't me, over the last 10 years. That's just the way my brain banks those negative memories. And so it is impossible for me not to feel all of the feels. And again, launches are difficult to project 
right? So if I would say data drives decisions, and that's absolutely true. If you are at the level where you are able to see, if I have this many people in my email list and I'm doing this many things and I'm over here and I'm following the template, like I can anticipate that this many people will become a part of my program. The math, it maths, right? And I love to get clients to that maturation point, or, you know, if they already have those systems really be a part of auditing and improving them, like that's really fun for me. Okay. If we're converting 30% of people from this wait list, what if it was 35? What if it was 40%? Like that's where those small micro adjustments to a funnel make a big difference. And frankly, that's exactly why I do what I do and how I've been able to work so successfully with incredible founders who have the big idea. I don't have the big idea who have the audience. I don't have the audience who have the messaging and the vision. I don't have the messaging or the vision, but need help trying to figure out how they can make those micro adjustments that are going to have a big impact on their impact, right? They're going to feel better about how many people they're able to help with their business and they're going to make more revenue, which allows them to do all of the things. And so I I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's obvious when a founder has a good launch or a bad launch that he or she is going to feel that deeply. Because truthfully, at the end of the day, if a client has a launch and it doesn't meet expectations, it's not my money. It's not my team. It's not me that has to potentially have cash flow issues. It's not me that has a crisis of confidence about this thing that I created. There is really no immediate negative impact for me. Sure, my job security might be in jeopardy if I didn't meet expectations or if a launch didn't go well and now all of a sudden the founder is looking at her line items and realizing, hey, I have these expenses, didn't have a good revenue month or a good revenue quarter, where can I cut corners? Like, Obviously, it has a negative impact on me outside of the fact that I just care deeply about my performance and how I do what I do and what the results are. But it's not my money, right? If if my goal is to sell 300 people into my program and 250 actually convert, it has no impact on my bank account, has no impact on my P&L. So again, I want to expressly acknowledge that because if you were a founder or a business owner listening and you're like, cry me a river, Katie, (laughs) cry me a river, you don't like it, you feel bad when a launch goes south, imagine being me. Totally, totally, totally get it. But when you are elevated in an organization, and a lot of the times I'll speak for myself, I am like in it, in the day-to-day with the founder, side by side. Often it's my strategies that we're trying. Often it's me implementing these ideas. Often it's me, like I said, speaking truth to power and saying, actually, no, I don't think that's the right method. Let's go over here. So of course I feel the feels when it doesn't go well. I also feel the feels when it goes well, but again, my nature. I'm always like, oh my gosh, but what if? Um, so this is why I love working with visionaries because we share that. Oh, it's almost, it's almost never quite good enough. Like we're going to celebrate. We're going to own the wins. We're going to feel good. And by the way, let's not gloss over the fact that if you have a program that you believe in and you feel is making an extremely positive difference for your community and 250 people join, like that is not, that is not a small deal, my friends. So certainly the right founders and the right team will kind of remind themselves and remind each other of that. 250 people whose lives are impacted is obviously a lot better than zero. Yes, we wish it could have been 300, but let's acknowledge that we are going to be able to hit our mission and vision with these people. And then we'll 
reset for the next launch. I really do appreciate when a founder is able to kind of keep that big why in mind. And because I am so driven by data, there are times when I will fall too much in that trap. Like, oh my gosh, we were 50 people short. Or if five more, we would have hit our goal. And one founder in particular I'm thinking of is really great at saying like, yeah, hey, we wanted that. We think we could have. We think we should have met it. We're going to talk about that. But oh my gosh, how incredible is it that we get to help these 250 people? I really love that. It brings me back to the why and it brings me back to the mission and vision. And it definitely helps soothe any heartache that I feel about a launch. So good, bad, in the middle, launches are a roller coaster. You know this if you have been in any type of business as a service provider supporting a launch, as a founder who's doing a launch, as somebody who's thinking about launching, that's really scary too. If you are a consumer, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm none of those things, Katie, I'm just working my nine to five in whatever business and I come home, you're a consumer. You are seeing these launches all day, every day. There's no doubt in my mind that your email inbox or your social media feed or whatever it is, like you are seeing the results of launches. And so you at least, I think, can think about all of the work that goes into them and have maybe a different perspective or just a refreshed perspective on what it's like to be a part of that. Again, I love this. This always feels like creative problem solving to me. I love launches because when they go well, they are so energizing. They really, really make you feel good. And they make you think, I can't wait to do it again. But they are extremely physically depleting, even small launches. I had a launch a few months ago where we were really looking to do like a fast cash injection. This was sort of toward the end of 2022. We were looking at the PL, the profit and loss statements. We were looking at revenue. We were like, oh my gosh, we are this close to a pretty big revenue benchmark. But we knew that with our current offer suite and our calendar, there was no way for us to hit it. So we had a little discussion and we looked at what we had and we looked at what we could do. And we decided to do almost like a mini launch. So it was a program or it was an offer that wasn't normally marketed. But it was a really fun one to do. We knew we had the audience for it. We knew the offer was going to land. And again, because this was kind of off the books or outside of the normal launch and editorial calendar, any income generated, any revenue generated was going to bring us closer to that benchmark. So we did kind of a mini launch. It wasn't the full-blown like ramp up of leads and nurturing and open the cart and close the cart. And it wasn't that. It really was just like, let's put it together. Let's get a landing page. Let's get the product, check out. Let's bring it to the marketplace. Let's share it with our audience and let's see what we can do. And it sold because again, we were smart and we figured out what our audience needed. We provided it. We made it a really good price point. Like we were super clear on the value of this and and people bought it. And so it was that kind of quick cash injection that was really exciting. There was not nearly the level of work that had to go into that kind of launch than in a normal launch. And yet it was exhausting. You get to the end of any launch and no matter how it goes, no matter how simple the offer is, you're still kind of on edge. And again, if you're like me or you're like most service providers, you are in the details every day. Did the email go out when it was supposed to? Did I have the correct info? Okay, how many people opened it? How many people clicked? Okay, did we make any sales today? What's coming into customer service? Like there are a million things that happen during any launch that aren't necessarily the norm if you are outside a launch window. Now, if you're in an evergreen launch cycle and you 
always have programs and offers. It's a little different because you're kind of always looking at that numbers, but also not actively looking at the numbers in the same way, at least in my experience, which is why I think, especially if you do a live launch, you open and close the cart, or even if you have an evergreen cart, but you sort of do like a specific push or a sales period or a bonus offer, you're going to find yourself physically exhausted and emotionally exhausted. And so I am acknowledging that because I'm feeling that. I'm feeling physically and emotionally exhausted at the end of this one launch going into two more. And I'm actively in one as of the recording today. We It's day one of a 10-day launch cycle for a client. And again, I have this other launch kind of around the corner and I'm starting to feel it. My shoulders are tense and tight. My stress level and anxiety level are a little bit higher. I find myself sweating the details, like really checking emails 10 times before they go out or like waking up in the middle of the night wondering, oh, did that did that email get scheduled? Did that text message get scheduled? Like, did that landing page go live? It's pretty wild how draining it can be. And, um, and so I'm acknowledging that because when I talk to other service providers, there is, I feel like, a consensus where we all feel this. And yet it's not as easy to talk about it because again, it feels almost selfish. Like it's not our product. It's not our launch. And if we didn't tell you we were a part of it, you might never know. Um, that's actually one of the beautiful things about being a service provider. But again, I think that it makes it a little bit harder just to talk about our emotions and our vulnerability. And it's certainly, it's an interesting conversation to have with or around a founder. If you are like, I'm so exhausted. That launch was so hard. If it came up short, it's that's a difficult thing. I'm sure for a founder to hear from a service provider. Cause you're like, Oh, you're tired. And yet I'm the one that didn't have a successful launch. So I'm struggling with that and I'm struggling with it out in the open. I'm, I'm talking about it here because I am currently working through those types of emotions, really saying, you know, I understand that I feel the results of any launch deeply and physically and emotionally and, and all of the things. And yet, you know, I'm doing it behind the scenes. Um, I'm really proud. I'm thankful that I feel that way because it means that I know that I'm putting everything I have into a launch. I'm treating the launch as though it was my program, my service, my offer. I'm treating any launch as though it was a direct impact on my revenue or my bank account or my reputation and I don't want to lose sight of that because the minute that I start to walk away from that feeling or to take it less seriously is the minute that I really need to reassess my role, especially if I'm positioning myself as a member of the leadership team, a C-suite member, along with the founder and these organizations. So there you go. Launches are intense. Launches are emotional roller coasters for everyone involved, whether they go incredibly well whether they simply meet expectations or whether they miss the mark on the ultimate outcome. But we're not going to stop launching. We're not going to stop having an impact on the marketplace. We're not going to stop selling. We're not going to stop trying to bring mission and vision and good things to our community. So um, at least for me, I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to stay hydrated. I'm going to rest in between launches as much as I can. And then I'm going to remind myself, as I'm reminding you, it is a feature to feel as deeply about a launch, not a bug, even if you are a service provider. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Talent Show. For more, follow at Rising Tide Talents on Instagram and visit risingtidetalents.com. You'll find show notes, resources, and much more from today's episode, 
It's all at risingtidetalents.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Katie Widrick, and you can find me at kwidrick. Until next time, remember, a rising tide lifts all ships. Rise.